and welcome to I Roll, a Volvo Cars podcast where we talk about the news happening across the Americas region and around the world. I'm Hannah Caton and I'm here with Jim Nichols. Hello, hello. Our last one of the year. Our last one of the year. It's hard to believe. It's It's been very, very quick. But so far, it's been uh, good as we go towards the end of the year. We did release our sales numbers from last week, and we're starting to break some records. We are. We're breaking records across the entire region. In in the U.S., we had our best November in 15 years, um, clocking in at nearly 18% growth, which is quite impressive. Um, and I just want to give a shout-out to our colleagues in Mexico and Brazil who have actually surpassed their 2018 full-year targets, excuse me, their full-year numbers. That's a whole month ahead of the end of the year. So so they're just cruising right along. Um, and and then going up north to Canada, we're seeing some pretty staggering numbers as well. They grew in the month of November 48% year over year, which is, which is wild. Yeah, posting some great uh, achievements as far as numbers are concerned. And we continue to post about achievements in other areas of the business as well, more specifically on our sustainability front. Yes, we we made an announcement just a couple of weeks ago, actually, that I I think deserves a little bit more discussion because, uh, you know, I, for one, was not familiar with what we're calling, not what we're calling, with what is blockchain technology. Um, We announced a few weeks ago that we're going to implement the global traceability of cobalt used in our batteries using blockchain. But, Jim, I'm wondering if you could talk to us a little bit more about what this actually means. What's blockchain? How are we using it? Yeah. So, I mean, blockchain is a very fancy buzzword Mm -hmm. right now. But essentially what blockchain is, is it's an open ledger, a public ledger that shows reporting in and reporting out. So that way there's full transparency in whatever is being traced or tracked. So it works in... uh, distribution, it works in supply chains, it works in finance. So basically it's agreeing to this process where everything, in this case for the supply of cobalt, everything in relation to mining the cobalt and getting it to the factory is placed in this ledger that cannot be altered by other people and that is completely traceable. Hmm. And that essentially is what we're referring to when we refer to as blockchain. It is kind of this open, transparent, and secure ledger of tracing activities. Does Volvo Cars have our own kind of blockchain account and we track everything in this particular account or are we capturing this data alongside other companies? Yeah, no, it's more of a it's more of a, a process for us to use and then who is looking at this data? Is this for essentially our own personal reflection to make sure that we're behaving in the proper ways? Or is someone else, some third party, looking at this information? Well, the key here is is transparency and accountability. Mm-hmm. So because it's tram- transparent, technically anyone mm-hmm. um, could look at it at any time. And that's really the whole purpose of kind of the best disinfectant for you know, corruption or anything else is sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then that's really what transparency is is all about. And also, it's a secure transparency, so it can't be altered by other parties. So let's say there was a group in there that wanted to obscure, you know, a handoff or something like that. You really can't do that in this kind of open ledger system. Mm-hmm. So the the benefit here is that full transparency that anyone that wanted to go through and do a full trace of where our, our cobalt is coming from could do so. Hmm. And would you say that this is something that is either a result from or a result of or directly related to the sustainability um, ambition that we unveiled earlier this year or is it a little bit separate? No, I, I think it's, um, 
there's definitely a part of it, but it, there's also a part of it is our ethics and compliance within mm. the company. Um, so it's kind of twofold. Uh, obviously, we want to be able to source these mineral minerals in a sustainable way. Um, and of course, that's something through the supply chain that we're now we're able to track. But we also want to do it in an ethical way. And cobalt and some of these other materials are not exactly always in the hands of reliable people. Interesting. And so through this process, we can ensure that the minerals that are being mined on our behalf are being mined in a way in which reflects our corporate values and reflects our, our ethics and making sure that there's no child labor, um, you know, that there's no slave labor or, or anything like that in the mining of these materials. Interesting. And now with blockchain, that is a way of ensuring that there are no other third parties that are trying to get into our supply chain that are using, that are mining these materials in a way in which we do not agree with. I see. So really important work. I'm sure that this was a pretty Herculean undertaking for, for the team that have pitched this tent. Um, something else that I'd like to call out in terms of fantastic, difficult work um, is happening in Brazil, our colleagues down in South America. Um, I'm not sure if our colleagues know this. I, I, I knew this in theory, but it's so interesting to see it in practice. Um, in Brazil, Volvo is, in fact, the leader in electrification. Um, did you know this? I, I have. I've heard from the Brazilian team, and I know that they've been working you know, very, very hard on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've managed to position themselves really well, and they've done something in Brazil that we've actually pledged, at least in the U.S., that, that we're not looking to do. And what they've done in Brazil is they've created their own charging network. So mm -hmm. they have 250 charge points already. They're looking to double that number again mm -hmm. in, in the next year. And the important thing is where the Brazilian market is as it relates to uh, EVs. Mm -hmm. And they needed that infrastructure in order to leap ahead in EV market share, which is exactly what they've done. Mm -hmm. um, in the US, we've, we're looking now that Charge America and a lot of these charge points and a lot of these other third-party networks are growing so quickly that there isn't a need in, in the U.S. to kind of build a network and the same that goes in Europe. But in Brazil, they really took on their market's needs directly, and they're reaping the rewards as, mm -hmm. as a result. Yeah, so, so we're seeing 250 charge points installed currently by the end of 2019, 500 by the end of next year. And this is a really big task going from essentially, you know, nothing to 500. Sure. And in order to scale, um, I understand that they partnered with the biggest shopping mall in the country and the biggest supermarket in the country so that essentially each of those has committed to have one Volvo branded charge point in their existing parking structure or a lot. And this is huge and allows them to scale really quickly in a way that they might not have been able to had they not have this had this partnership. Um, so a really strategic approach from our colleagues in Brazil and, and from what I hear from the team down there, based on their latest findings, we have the highest association from a brand perspective when we talk about plug-in and electric cars in the market, and that's just huge. Yeah, and uh, you know, in Brazil, we beat the Germans mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to, to luxury. And uh, I was just over in Sweden two weeks ago, and some of our colleagues from Brazil were there, and they were even showing some other programs that they do. Now that they have this placement in the shopping malls, they even have some where they have service space, mm. where they can do a quick thing, you know, on the PHEVs, like an oil change or something like that, um, at these shopping malls. And it really uh, has just been an, an incredible 
thing down there to see how they've developed that and how they develop that marketplace. And as a result, uh, you know, they're crushing it. Hmm, such a best practice to study. Um, speaking of best practice, uh, a little bit different, but I want to really call out um, our Umtaka committee again for some of the really inspiring work that they're doing. It is, of course, the holiday season and it is time in Rockley for our annual toy drive. And if you go out into the hallways right now, they are essentially lined with gifts for children in our communities who um, who we have adopted for the holiday season. It's actually kind of interesting to go back on the loading dock um, because I watch the UPS truck, the FedEx truck, and then the mail truck pull up and they just open it up and it's like Santa's <laughs> coming. There's just an incredible amount of boxes uh, that are coming in of people that have ordered stuff for this toy drive. And I had dropped off uh, my stuff. I, I had taken a wish and it was a, a 15-year-old girl that asked for a desk chair and notepads. Hmm. And I'm like, how can you not respond to something that's almost kind right. of innocent right. You know, as that? And so I asked Bill Casey when I was dropping off the toys. I'm like, so, you know, exactly, you know, where are these kids, you know, located? And, um, you know, I said some of them are at, um, you know, shelters, you know, women and children shelters. Mm -hmm. Some of them are in end of care um, facilities for mm -hmm. children. Um, you know, when you, when you really start to hear, um, you know, these stories and where these things are going and the difference that it can make, um, you know, he was telling me last year that, you know, they work and they deliver some of the toys to a children's hospital. And, you know, for some of these children, unfortunately, it's it's going to be their last Christmas. And right. so they come together and they really make things, you know, special. And, um, you know, when you really start to think about that and, you know, we all talk about the the things that we deal with, you know, from a business perspective, you know, every day. I think this is a great program to kind of just stop, you know, mm -hmm. take a look at what's happening outside of, our walls, yeah. um, and uh, you know, and really make a difference. And it for you, back to Earth. you know, a little bit of a little bit of money and a little bit of donation. And for a lot of people, it seems like a lot of fun just going out and picking out toys and stuff like that. It it really does make a a huge difference in people's lives. So it, it does. And and I just spoke with Bill, and it sounds like we have adopted. 280 children for this season and raised uh, $7,000. Yep. So, I mean, really in such a short period of time to come together and raise these kinds of funds to, you know, do make these kind of donations, it's really impressive and I think speaks to, you know, how much this cause speaks to our employees and um, how much they appreciate the opportunity to give back. Sure. I mean, you look at 280 adopted, there's not that many more that badge in and out of the building every day. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good ratio within the company. And, of course, there's always an opportunity for anyone that wants at the last minute to donate to the GoFundMe mm -hmm. campaign. Uh, what Bill and his team does with that money is they simply just, you know, fill in the gaps um, with gifts. And uh, it's if, if you are in Rockley or going to be visiting Rockley between now and the end of this program, I believe it's the 18th. Thursday. The Thursday. Mm -hmm. um, the 12th. The 12th. Uh, you get an opportunity to see some of the toys out in the lobby, and mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a it's a pretty cool thing to witness. Absolutely. So the holidays are coming. The end of year is approaching. So I know that all of our teams are, you know, it's crunch time. So everybody's working hard. I know there are long hours. So um, our thoughts are with the regions who are working to close out the year, and um, we look forward to to finishing on a high note and start seeing you in 2020. Absolutely. Thank you, Hannah. Thank Happy you, holidays. Happy holidays.